Let's go heat. Let's go heat. Let's go heat. The fucking Miami Heat are headed to the NBA Finals. Listen, we're smoking on that fucking Boston Celtics pack right now. <laughs> and it feels so damn good. God damn, man. What a freaking series. What a freaking game. Damn, what a magnificent job from so many Heat players, from the coaching staff. The list goes on and on, man. Pressure at its finest. And this team literally has done exactly what they've been able to do all year, and that is just battle through adversity. They like it the hard way for some reason. I don't know why. It fucking stresses me the hell out. But fuck it, we're going to the NBA fucking finals. Tell those 3% motherfuckers to fucking eat it, man. I'm talking my shit. It's got to be an explicit podcast because we're going to the finals. We are an eighth seed to make it all the way to the NBA finals. Smoking on that Bucks pack. Smoking on that Knicks pack. Smoking on that Celtics pack. Come on, man. How could you not be fired the hell up? God damn, it feels so damn good, man. <laughs> this is such a relief. Obviously, after being up 3-0, you guys remember, if you guys listen to my podcast on May 15th, right before the series started, I told you guys he in seven. I told you. I said he in seven. I had a vision, but I would be lying to you if I thought we was going to lose three straight after being up 3-0. That was before we took a 3-0 lead. But God damn it, we got it done, man. We got it done. We got it out the mud. Like I said, wow, man. Shout out to so many players. Obviously, you, you know, <laughs> where do you start, right? It, it, would be, it would be crazy if I don't start with Caleb Martin, man. Caleb fucking Martin. What an unbelievable series did he have, and what an unbelievable game seven did he have. I mean, 11 for 16 from the field. Played 45 minutes, by the way, and some hard minutes did he play. Every single play, offensively, defensively. Four for six from three. Ten rebounds. 26 points. There were so many times where he was just making big, big shots where Boston will go on a run, and you need to just stomp the run right there. Caleb will make a three. And even there was one crazy shot where he was turning, he was going around baseline, went around the other side, and then made a crazy mid-range. Like, he was feeling it. Like, you can tell he was feeling it. And it's funny because so many times you see a guy have a big series that's normally not that great of a player, no disrespect to Caleb Martin, and you think, okay, it's a one-game thing. Oh, it's a two-game thing. It's a three-game thing. But this guy's had it the whole entire series. And to be quite honest with you, we don't make it to the NBA Finals without Caleb Martin. Like, there's no way. There's no way. When you look at the series he had, Game 1, 15 points. Game 2, 25 points. Game 3, 18 points. Game 4, 16 points. Game 5, 14 points. Game 6, 21 points. And then Game 7, 26 points. Dude was on a heater. <laughs> and man just shout out to Caleb Martin man you think about his story right him being waived by the Charlotte Hornets the Hornets freaking suck and they waived Caleb Martin Caleb Martin was on his way pretty much to play overseas before the he gave him a call he gave him a call tried out ended up getting a two-way roster spot a two-way 
which means you're playing majority of the time in the G League. You have 45 days to play in the NBA, yada, yada. You know that story. He ends up getting his contract converted to a full-time contract last year. Played solid, had some really nice moments. We lose P.J. Tucker. They ask Caleb Martin now to fill the void, be the starter, had a nice season. Kevin Love comes to the Heat. He has to take a step back, come off the bench, still produces at a high level. And then, obviously, he, he lost a close family member um, during the playoffs. So constantly facing adversity. And just for him to just put all of those things behind him, man, you only got to, like, root for a player like that, man. Caleb Martin, unbelievable. To me, he should have been the MVP. I don't know how Jimmy Butler got the MVP. Obviously, Jimmy's our leader. We don't get here without Jimmy, no doubt about it. I mean, he's been unbelievable throughout this whole playoff run. But he's had a couple bad games here and there. He's had a couple just just weird games. You know what I mean? But I thought the Eastern Conference Finals MVP was just about the Conference Finals. Because to me, the best player in the Eastern Conference Finals was Caleb Martin. Listen, I'm not going to complain about it. Um, I just think Caleb was deserving. But at the end of the day, I'm still happy that our fucking Miami Heat are in the NBA Finals. Let's talk about another guy, though. Jimmy Butler. Obviously, you got to give him credit, man. Uh Shooting the ball, it, I don't know. He seemed kind of off to me. I don't know if it's something mentally. I don't know if it's an injury to the ankle. I don't know what it is, but he's not playing to the level that we've seen Jimmy can play to. He seemed really, really passive to me. A lot of times he had opportunities in the paint where he was missing bunnies, and he was not even looking to take shots. A lot of times he was getting to the paint and then passing the ball. I just don't understand it. But you look at the box score, and he ended up with 26-7-6. and six. You can only complain so much, right? But I thought what was key was his three-pointers. He shot three of seven from three in this game seven. And boy, each one of those threes that he made were just big-time threes. A lot of them were, I'm like, why is he shooting this? And then he makes it, and I'm just, I just throw my hands up, and then I walk away like, holy shit. Bam Adebayo finished with 12 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. 43 minutes played. Bam I thought he hustled his ass off. I thought he played great defensively. The effort was absolutely there. Rebounded the ball well. But, man, him offensively was just, it was a nightmare, man. He could not find the basket. I thought he was not aggressive at all. I thought he was way too passive, and he was playing like the BAM that we weren't, quite frankly, we were, he was playing like the BAM of last year and the year before that because during the season, we saw a different BAM than we saw tonight and this series. I just don't understand it. Hopefully he has, he, you know, he puts it together for a big, big run in the NBA Finals here. Uh, Gabe Vincent, 4 for 10, 10 points. Not eye-popping numbers, but I thought a lot of his shots also were great. And I love his defense as well. A little bit undersized, but, man, he gets after it. Created some turnovers, especially on Jalen Brown, who cannot dribble the basketball to save his life. And I love it. Love watching that. Keep trying to think you're so nice, dribbling, trying to get the, <laughs> trying to get into your pretend bag. My man, you cannot dribble. We know that. The word is out. Stop it. And hopefully you can work on your handles throughout the offseason because you ain't going to the NBA Finals. Duncan Robinson. How about Duncan Robinson? Four for six, two for three. This dude has been buried on the bench the entire year. Has got shit thrown his way from the fans from the coaches from his team from his own coach i mean he doesn't even play he gets offered millions of dollars what he got a i think it was like a hundred million dollar contract doesn't even see the floor 
he is buried on the bench all year. Tyler Hero goes down. They call Duncan Robinson's number. He steps up, delivers, has a good game here and there. Never just loses confidence, though, man. What a series for Duncan Robinson. And I am so damn happy that Duncan was able to find minutes and knock down some big-time shots. He had a great game in Game 5. He had a great Game 6, even though he missed those two threes. But he was hard on himself when he missed those two threes. He said, those two threes are going to live with me forever. So I was like, man, I feel so bad for Duncan because he played his ass off. I said, give Duncan another opportunity in Game 7. I bet you he's going to can two threes. And look at that. Two for three from three. And was waving to the Boston crowd saying, I can't hear you. Like, why is, it so, why is it so quiet in here? I love it. Love when Duncan talks his shit. Love how Duncan is just able to not only shoot the three, but he's also able to create rebounding. His defense is better. It's not amazing, but it is better. I just love his effort out there. Cutting back door. You saw Kyle hit him with a nice, beautiful bounce pass for a layup. Shout out to Duncan freaking Robinson. Kyle Lowry, man. Kyle Lowry is a guy that pisses us all off in Heat Nation, but I thought he was very, very valuable tonight, man. There's something about having Kyle Lowry out there, specifically when you have a lead, that makes me, I don't know about all of Heat Nation, but for me, it makes me feel calm. Like, if you're in a tight game, if you're in a tie game, stuff like that, maybe the Kyle Lowry thing is a little bit, eh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, man. Is, <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. But I can tell you, when you have a lead, especially a big lead like the Heat created in the first half, where you're up by 12, 13, 15 points, I love having Kyle Lowry out there on the floor. I mean, his IQ is through the roof. He's going to make the right play. Yeah, little mistakes here and there, but I just like the way he's in control. And he's been here before. He's been to the NBA Finals. He's won an NBA championship before. He understands what it takes. Obviously, his game is not to the same level as it once was, but his brain is there, his IQ is there, and you know that he's not going to really kill you or just take dumb shots or force the issue. You know, a couple times here and there, but he won't, he'll know his, his limits. So that's why I'm comfortable having Kyle Lowry out there, especially with a big lead. And I thought he showed that. He was three for six tonight, seven points, seven rebounds, five assists, gave you a little bit of everything in 24 minutes off the bench. I thought that was great. Hayward Highsmith, man. How about his minutes tonight? Nine minutes played was one for two, two points. But, man, I'm telling you, that is a guy that impacted the game. That is a guy who played solid in game five, didn't play in game six, but came in in those nine minutes and showed hustle, got a beautiful steal off Jason Tatum that led to a layup, forced uh, an out-of-bounds play on Mark, uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I thought that was big time. There are stats that are not on the box score. That shows Highsmith's contribution to this win, to this Game 7 win. So shout-out to him. Uh, Max Struess, he was 3 for uh, three for 8, finished with 8 points, 5 rebounds. To be honest, a couple threes were big time for him, but I didn't really like what I— Max Struess really frustrates me, man. <laughs> His defense frustrates me, and honestly, out of all the guys that played, you know— Struz pissed me off the most. I got to keep it a buck with you, man. But, man, what a damn game for the Miami Heat. What a damn series, man. Winning it in seven games, 103 to 84. Jason Tatum, 14 points, only 11 rebounds, four assists. Yes, his ankle is a little bit bummed out, but um, so was Jimmy Butler. You know, it's just different that Jimmy Butler is not out here 
wincing like crazy and making a big deal about it. Like I'm sure most Boston fans are going to do. Jason Tatum was hurt, right? Like nobody's healthy at this point. And Jimmy Butler, if you're going to tell me that he's 100% healthy, there's no there's no freaking way. There's no freaking way. Uh, Jalen Brown, 8 for 23, 19 points. And yeah, talk about a guy who is just a turnover machine. Very, very, very overrated player by the way Jalen Brown is very overrated like I'm just I just want to throw that out there for anybody that doesn't know I hope you were able to realize what I've always said about Jalen Brown is that he can dribble and he's a turnover machine and you saw that in game seven in particular 14 three-pointers in total for the Miami Heat I thought that was a big big deal whenever you're able to knock down three-pointers we talk about it all the time that he were at the bottom of the league almost in three-point percentage. That is why we were struggling. But when you're able to knock down 13, 14, 15, 16 threes, this just opens it up for players to do their thing, for Bam to do his thing inside, for Jimmy to do his thing inside. Even though those two particular players didn't do so tonight, when you're eight, when you have to be, you know, watching out for a Caleb Martin, you have to watch out for a Strews, for a Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent. When you have to watch out for those three-point shooters, it just looks beautiful to watch the Miami Heat offense it honestly does we killed them in the rebounds I thought that was big time 42 to 40 um the assists we beat them in assists we beat them in steals a lot of the statistical categories we did beat them now they had more points in the paint but we had more fast break points I think that is big time and largest lead for us was 23 points and the largest lead for the Boston Celtics was only five you know Boston had nine threes nine for 42 from three they shot 21 percent and we shot 50 the celtics had more free throws we only had six free throws in the entire game they had 13 and the three ball you look at the three ball the reason we win this game is the three ball shooting 50 percent from three is a great recipe especially in a game seven and then also just Caleb Martin doing his thing, man. Shout out to Caleb Martin. Shout out to the Miami Heat. NBA Finals, we go. 3%. Where's that 3% at? Kiss my ass. Whoever did that. Like, people just really think they could just sit here and give a 3% chance to a team with Jimmy Butler, to a team coached by Eric Spolstra. This is not even about just Jimmy, man. Shout out to Eric Spolstra, by the way. It, it's it's impressive the job he's been able to do you're talking about two nba finals in the last four years come on man a play a coach that hasn't won coach of the year i i listened to you know that game six loss was crushing it was crushing to everybody everybody thought it was over um part of me kind of did but part of me also said he and seven man there's no way that a, a team coach by eric spolsch is going to lose four in a row there's no way so what i wanted to see was the post-game interview of Spolstra you know because to me honestly I think players kind of just have to say things and they you know they want to they tell you what you want to hear here and there so I don't really like them but when a coach speaks I think it's more it's more legit I think you're really getting a lot more and you could kind of read in between the tea leaves of it when Spolstra took that mic man he just seemed so fired up and so pissed off. He was saying, I wish we could play right now. I wish we could play another 48 right now. But we have to wait 48 hours and play it in Boston. This team has been battle-tested before. 
you know, he was saying things along the line like, we're going to win this game no matter what. This team has proved so many times. You guys don't even watch the games, but we've been through this before, and we're going to do it again. And I'm just like, damn, man. That's exactly—it starts at the top, man. Yes, the players got to make the shots, but your coach plays a big, big part. He has to motivate the guys. He has to talk people out of this, you know, negative cloud that they can get into. He has to preach and motivate his guys. Keep the positivity going. Let them know what they're about. And I think that Eric Spolster is just top of the line, like one of the best coaches in the NBA. I mean, to be able to do that, it is, it's honestly impressive. It's inspiring. It's impressive. Because it, things, like I say, start at the top from coaches. Then you look who's above the coach, right? Pat Riley. Like this organization as a whole is just, it's, I'm just happy to be a fan of it. You know, fan of this organization that has something to rely on. You talk that people talk about heat culture. Heat culture is real, man. And it starts at the top. It feels so damn good to be able to know. I was like, hey, you know who's not gonna lose it four times in a row? It ain't Jimmy Butler, it ain't Ben. No, it's Eric Spolstra. And I'm just so happy for Eric Spolstra. And now I just hope that we could pull off another miracle and upset yet another team, because we have a tough Denver Nuggets team ahead of us. But, man, it just one two people that just deserve a championship. Jimmy deserves his first one, and Eric Spolster deserves one without LeBron James or Dwayne Wade, man. Like, that's who I really, really want to win, man. I want Spo to be an NBA champion, and hopefully we could do it, man. Listen, I'm going to break down my series prediction, my X factors, my thoughts about the Denver Nuggets and, and uh, Miami Heat NBA Finals matchup coming up during the week. Game one would be Thursday. Game two is Sunday. So I guess I will probably drop something on Wednesday morning, uh, getting you guys geared up for game one on Thursday. But I had to drop a pod here. Had to celebrate the Miami Heat going to the NBA Finals. Shout out to Heat Nation. Shout out to everyone listening. Shout out to Caleb Martin. Sleep well, Heat fans. Your team is going to the NBA Finals. Fuck Boston. (laughs) Smoking on that Celtics pack.